0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Eric Barnes and Jack Frew. Hello and welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. I'm Eric Barnes, and with me this week is Jack Frew, as always. We have Jason Mercury and Taylor Otwell. How's everybody doing today?
1: Jealous. Jealous <laughs> of your gigabit internet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. One day you'll get that in Arkansas. <laughs> you know,
2: the, the sad thing is, is I think you guys will all have it before I do. And I'm in Chicago, which is a pretty big metro area. You'd
3: think we'd have it first. but That would be good if Kentucky and Arkansas had it before Chicago. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So uh, anyway, the, the purpose of this week's podcast is, of course, to talk about Laravel 5.3. So Taylor obviously is here to talk about that. And if you have not heard of Jason before, Jason wrote a thing called Laravel Shift, which we're going to hear about as well, which is a cool tool for migrating from one version of Laravel uh, to another. Uh, Before we get to that, though, Eric, do we have any sponsors or anything we need to talk about real quick?
0: Yeah, so this week we are sponsored by Shippo, which is uh, the shipping. It's kind of like Stripe for shipping. And uh, basically, if you're doing any kind of shipping, you just have a single API that would you hook into that one API and it it connects to basically every carrier carrier. at least in the United States, probably all these other countries too. Um, so it's just basically a super simple way to uh, start uh, shipping out products. Awesome. So definitely check those out. It's com. Awesome. Thanks. So, Taylor, uh, you know, 5.3 is out
2: now. And I know you talked about it a lot uh, at Lyricon and even in the episode that we had kind of leading up to Lyricon US. How do you feel about it now that it's out? Has, has the response been good? Are, are people liking it? Did you? Were there any last minute things that maybe didn't get talked about that got snuck in there?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited that it's out. And I think people, uh, the feedback I've gotten has been really positive um, so far. I think people are really enjoying it. Um, it's probably my favorite Laravel release in the past few years, at least. And um, mainly because I just really like uh, the notifications and the echo uh, stuff. But uh let's see that was there any last minute things I didn't get to talk about. Um I don't remember. I know notifications changed quite a bit, you know, in the in the weeks between Laracon US and Laracon EU. There was actually a pretty big shift in notifications with the introduction of um channel specific message objects, which gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of how you're formatting messages across different channels. So that really opened the door to do some of the more interesting uh, notification setups. Like I sent a postcard from the Laricon EU stage. I sent one back home um, and it arrived the day I got back home actually. Nice. Um, And also let you do, you know, iOS notifications and Android notifications, which really wouldn't have fit in that sort of boxed in line of text, call to action line of text model, which was cool um, in the sense that you just had one method across all channels. But it sort of didn't take advantage of any one channel in a really um, interesting way. Like it didn't leverage the benefits of each channel's unique um, advantages. Cool. So I think that was a pretty good improvement and could be considered somewhat last minute, I, I think, in the last few weeks at least. So this dumb question, we're talking about an electronic like, internet framework. Did you say you sent
2: yourself a postcard, like a, like a 4 by 6 piece of paper?
1: Yeah, so there's a notification driver out. There's a whole website of community-built notification drivers already, actually. And one of them, the most probably unique one, is one that sends postcards through this service called Lob, L-O-B dot com. And I think it's 70 cents a postcard if it's in the U.S. And you give it an HTML template for the front of the postcard. So like, I just used a Laravel Blade view for the front of my postcard. And then you can put any message on the back, you know, and you, you give it a mailing address and stuff. So I use that on the Lyricon EU stage to send a postcard back home and demo the sort of the flexibility <laughs> of the notification system to send emails and literal postcards. So
2: wait, so are, are you telling me that they print both sides of this thing yeah. and pay for the postage for 70 cents?
1: Yeah, I think it's 70 cents. And I think it's a dollar 40 for international. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. Does it print color? Like, was the front? Yeah, it in the color? front of it's in color. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Hey, so you know what people can use
2: this for now is uh, Spatty's new licensing terms, right? Because didn't he <laughs> announce that he wants a postcard
1: now? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah, he could just go to lob.com and get that sent off to him. You know, it sounds like it would never be practical, but like I showed it to Jeffrey Way in he was saying like it would be pretty cool like if someone buys like a lifetime subscription to Laracash like maybe you get a postcard with a message on it or just something cool like that you know if someone makes a pretty big investment into your service, um it's a pretty cool little thing to do. That is really neat. That is really neat. It seems cheap too. Yeah, pretty cheap. Yeah. So
2: the notification stuff changed a little bit between Laracon and now. Do you have any, like, is it too early to tell? Do you have any, like, download numbers or anything where you can tell trends or anything? Is it, does it look like it's
1: on par to be as popular as the, the past ones? Is it, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm always struggled to know, um, you know, stats in terms of how things are downloaded. You know, I know the, the website traffic and, and packages traffic is kind of always on the rise. But yeah, we'll see. I think as far, it's been one of the more positive, positive reactions I can remember um, in the past few years. So, Overall, it looks pretty good. Okay, cool. Uh, Here we go. I just pulled up the packages stuff. So yeah, Uh, let's see, 825. Yeah, it's definitely spiked out quite a bit. Um, Like back in March, it was at about twenty-three, twenty-four thousand 24,000 daily downloads. And it's spiked up to last week was at 32,000 daily downloads. So yeah, pretty big jump. That is crazy. 32,000 downloads a day? Yeah.
2: That is unbelievable. I mean, my gosh. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I'm sure some people download it more than once, but like, I mean, what's the most a developer could download it? Maybe twice a day? You know what I mean? Like on an average, most developers probably download it less than once a day. So, that's a lot of different people if you if you, you know, you spread that out. That's Yeah. That's huge, dude. That's that's amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, another uh, interesting thing related to Laravel 5.3, which Scout was released, um, you know, at the same time as Laravel 5.3 on the same day. Basically, it was tag stable. And when it was released, it just had an Algolia driver, which is a, a paid service, a hosted service. that's so actually really nice. And I really recommend people check out because um, I think it will save you a lot of time. But just today, we merged an Elasticsearch driver, which, of course, most people are probably familiar with is a free um, open source search. And sort of analytics engine. Now you have two options: you can use the paid Algolia driver or the free um, Elasticsearch driver. And it is free to install, of course. I'm not saying it will be free in the sense of it will take more time for you to manage the servers and stuff to run it yourself. But definitely something to check out if you're familiar with Elasticsearch or you just want to ex- want to experiment with it. Then it could be cool. Awesome.
2: There's also been some news recently. I think I saw you, you, you tweet that the size of Laravel uh, as, a, as, a, as a company has, uh, has doubled. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've been wanting to bring someone on uh, to help with a few things for a while. And finally, I decided to kind of bite the bullet and do it and it took applications and stuff. But one I got was from uh, Mohamed Saeed, who's, who I actually ended up uh, bringing on board. And Mohammed's actually been around for a little while now, I guess, and made fairly significant contributions to uh, the Laravel validator component, where um, if you need to validate array form inputs, he basically made all of that um, a lot better and has made several other contributions to the validator that are like not super glamorous in a way, but are like pretty important and kind of a gnarly piece of the code base that's hard to figure out. So. I was pretty impressed that he was able to dig in there and uh, make pretty clean contributions to the code base. So yeah, I'm bringing him on and mainly going to uh, let him focus on Spark and uh, Lumen to, to start with, uh, getting Spark updated to Laravel 5.3 uh, compatibility, and then doing the same thing with Lumen, updating that to work with uh, the 5.3 packages. And uh, then he'll also, I'm sure, just be working on some of the open source stuff, You know, still looking at the issues. and. Looking at pull requests and stuff like that, so I'm excited. I'm, I think it's going to take a little bit of time off my shoulders and let me focus more on a uh, Laravel framework itself and uh, Forge and Envoyer, which are sort of my main uh, main you know services I have out there right now. So I'm excited about that. So let me ask you, as a business owner, how difficult was you know the decision,
2: right? Because you know so far it's been all you, right? And and I know like when I did some consulting years ago, I always felt like I could get more done if I had another person, but it also meant that I had to kind of give up part of the money that I was bringing in to to fund that person, right? So was that, would you say it was a difficult choice? Was, you know, was it something that you've thought about for a long time or, or just kind of came up suddenly? What was your process there?
1: I definitely thought about it for several months because I was kind of like you, I didn't really want to give up <laughs> money, you know? But I think like, just having more time is going to create more opportunities to make things better, which hopefully will just make up for itself in terms, of, in terms of the revenue side of things. Right. But then also, you know, I got a lot of really good applications. There's probably at least 20 or 25 people that I could have hired that would have been fine, you know, and would have done well. But I think Mohammed was interesting because he had already made significant contributions and um, him living on the other side of the world I tried to look at it as kind of a benefit because it gives me more, uh, it's sort of a 24 hour uh, response time in a way to where I can have someone that's kind of seeing what's going on with Laravel around the clock. Sure. So that if a really significant issue comes in while I'm sleeping, it would be nice if someone could respond to that, you know, and don't not have to wait, you know, seven or eight hours before I'm like out of bed (laughs) and in the office.
2: Right. Right. Look forward to seeing what comes out of this and, and, uh, we've actually been wanting to get him on the show for a while uh, for some of his articles and stuff that he's written. I, you know, I know he's been in real involved for a while. So yeah, I'm really
1: excited about it. I think, I think that was a good choice. Yeah, he's actually been writing some for Laravel News too. So I, I appreciate
0: his contributions. For sure.
1: Yeah, the main, thing I w- the main goal I had was to try to... Uh, I didn't want um, certain sides of the ecosystem to seem neglected. So like Spark and Lumen, I don't have a lot of time to work on. Right now. So rather than just leave them neglected, I, I want someone to be able to, to keep those up to date and give a lot of attention to them. So I think it'd be good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But- hey, I think it's also worth mentioning that um, you, uh, you did beat Jeffrey Way in hiring your first employee. <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: And Jeffrey, Jeffrey would be a tough thing to hire. For, like Taylor anything you know, else? Is, going he on? Makes the is there videos? any new news so, like, maybe around Forge for example? or He could
2: probably I mean, really so, hire someone yeah, to so do like lately all his billing support kind of turning my stuff. Focus like, it towards might not be a time job but
1: actually, yeah something part-time. Put out a new feature on a Forge yesterday or day before where it will stub out your environment file if it sees that you're uh, installing a Laravel project. Like if it sees the artisan file in the root directory it says you know okay this is a Laravel project. I'll go ahead and copy over the example environment file and it will also fill in um your application key and your database password and stuff like that so that you're pretty much ready to go because that always felt a little awkward to me when you install a project on forge you couldn't really do anything until you filled out your whole environment file so it gets you in a more workable state um you know right off the bat but forge i i'm basically planning on that being my main focus for the next several months um adding features to that, improving it. And I've got a few, uh, a few things coming down the, uh, pipe for that, uh, data, better database, uh, stuff for one, like you'll be able to create databases from the, uh, Forge UI. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be what I'm focusing on and I don't really have anything else, uh, any se- other secrets in the, um, in the, you know, up my sleeve right now.
0: Yeah. that, uh, that. The environment file and then uh I think didn't you add it last year, the SSH keys like per account, like you know, as soon as you spin up a server, they're out ad- automatically added now versus the way they used to be. Right. Yeah. You can do that, yeah. Add an SSH key to your whole account, and it gets added yeah, th- to every server. Those were those were huge features for me just because I'm lazy and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, don't don't they say the best developers
1: are uh, the ones that look for those shortcuts, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another feature I'd like to add that is it's tougher than it sounds actually is um being able to swap out your repository that you have installed on an existing site, and like if everyone plays nice and sort of does it the right way, like sure that will that will work, but like what I'm envisioning is people will try to swap to like a totally different repository oh, yeah. that has no history of the repository that's currently installed, and so i've gotta I've gotta think about that a little more, but I'd like to like to enable that. It's a fairly fairly frequent request. I guess people install one repository maybe from Bitbucket, but then they switch to GitHub and they want to swap out You know, without totally uninstalling the site. They just want to swap out the repository that's installed. Probably be working on that as well. Do you have like a list? Like, Is there a place where people put in like feature requests? Or are they just emailing those to you now? Or do you have like a website? Just through the customer support. And then I uh, keep a backlog of stuff uh, that people request so that I I have it in Wonderlist um, so that I can see sort of what's come in, and of course, if something's coming in a lot, you know, I'll see that. But uh, yeah, I just sort of jot things down as they come in the customer support channel. And, and I just want to comment that I think Wonderlist is just a fantastic,
2: fantastic tool. <sighs> Thank you. That uh, that that both Eric and Jeffrey way <laughs> uh, disagree. Disagree. That, that both and, and by the way, Eric, that disagrees <laughs> getting edited right out. Of. It's not going to make it in. You have you have
0: no voice on this one. Right? So I know. Well I was going to say on Forge how many people uh like set up staging domains like on their main boxes is that like something that's common um as far as like automating all that side of it or is that How many how people set need? up staging staging domains you said? Yeah like you know so you, like you install a you know a new box for whatever laravel.com and then automatically set up dot right. like, staging.laravel.com at the same time does does people do that a lot or is that or do you have any idea? I need to run <sighs> I don't have a good idea. It would be interesting to run some
1: queries about... Like, query the Forge database and show me all servers that have both a master branch and a develop branch of a repository installed at the same time. Like, that would give me some kind of maybe uh, basic numbers on how often that's being done. But yeah, that's an interesting thought. I should run some more analytics on kind of how people are using the servers. Like, some people... I mean, some people put sort of like one site on one server. Right. And then I saw, I saw a user the other day that had, must have been 40 or 50 sites uh, oh on my. one server. And I'm guessing, you know, that's someone that's doing a lot of work for different small websites for various clients, you know, that are probably basically static websites for businesses and stuff. Yeah. And you can run a lot of them on one server. So, yeah, people have very different use cases. Yeah, that's true. They're getting their money's worth out of uh, Linode
2: or or DigitalOcean. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I run five on mine, but they're all like they're yeah. they're all nothing except for one. And so it's like man, it don't really matter.
2: Yeah, well, and yours is pretty beefy too, right? Like you're not using the five dollar plan. You're, yeah, I'm using
1: I'm, I'm upgrading to the like, twenty dollar a... plan. <laughs> yeah, Laravel News yeah, is on the two gigabyte
0: fun. server. Uh The yeah. I think the, except, one. except for during Lyricon. Yeah. Didn't you have to bump it up during yeah. Larry? Well, see, Laravel news was on WordPress forever. And, and apparently WordPress is, uh, very query heavy and slow. And, mm. and, uh, it just wouldn't, it would just max out on the, the small one. So I had to upgrade it. Yeah. yeah. I just,
1: re- Laravel.com runs on a four gigabyte server and Forge runs on an eight gigabyte server. Yeah. So you're doing pretty good hanging on to that two gigabyte one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I just, yeah. the new site switched to Linode. Uh, what is it? They they've doubled right.
1: Oh yeah, because they have their prizes. Yeah,
0: so so I'm on the ten dollar
1: yeah. one of theirs, and uh,
2: it's
0: humming that's along.
2: Great. Well, that's awesome. And uh, you know, back on the five three kind of thought, uh, Jason McCreary, you created something called Laravel Shift, and you want to tell us about what Shift is and what it does and how it might help people who are listening right now.
3: Yeah, so Shift is basically a, an automated um, upgrade service that you can use to. Upgrade your Laravel projects. So obviously, upgrading the framework super easy. You know, you just jump into Composer and you know you run upgrade. But uh, you know what really Shift focus on is the um, application code, the code that you wrote that maybe needs to change. And of course, you know from the Laravel documentation, you can go to the upgrade guide and um, follow you know the steps in there manually. Of course, if you want, but uh, where Shift comes in is is kind of doing that obviously um, automated because a lot of that stuff in there can be automated. And uh, it just kind of saves you time and and make sure that your apps all the way upgraded instead of maybe, you know, kind of picking and choosing what pieces in the dock you think might apply to you, you know, so your app's not really in like this hybrid state, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, I guess my first question for you is, I think I saw that you had this thing ready like the day five, three shipped, right? So my, I guess my first question is how on earth are you tracking all the changes and getting shift upgraded so quickly?
3: Well, um, I guess two things. First of all, obviously, Laravel's um, an open source project, so anybody can go out and take a look at the progress. You just jump over to the 5.3 branch, for example, right? And so specifically for Shift especially, I'm more interested in the, in the Laravel repo than the framework repo. Okay. Because uh, there I can see kind of the app as it's changing. Not, sure. Not so worried about the framework code, again, because Composer's going to handle that for you. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I kind of just troll along in there. And uh, I bug Taylor a lot to ask for, um, you know, when he might have the upgrade guide out there. So I can maybe get some finer detail on the pieces that maybe I'm not personally familiar with. Okay. So
0: I was gonna say I used it actually last weekend to upgrade the Laravel News code base from 5.2 to 5.3. And uh, it was it was amazing. It was like, in like five minutes, it it had already made all the, it made a pull request with all the stuff, and then it, and it outlined everything that I need to look at manually. And uh, it was just it was pretty brilliant, you know. It was I would have, I would have paid a hundred dollars for that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't think he wants to hear that. That's, that's bad news. He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I hear that. Uh, I hear that a lot. I think everybody tells me that, and it's it's one of those things where I guess my reply for that at the time is um. You know, it's it's a balancing act, right? Because again, since Laravel's open source, um, it's one of those things where I want people to understand the value of it, but at the same time, I, I can't I'm worried about pushing that too far and then getting the people that come out and be like, oh well Laravel's free. Why isn't this free? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh of course if you know, if you jump on Reddit or anything like that, you're gonna get that right away and that's sure. that's expected. But yeah, I'd rather hear people saying, Man, this is awesome, this is overwhelming, you should charge more than people saying Hey, I paid $40 and like this didn't work as much as I thought That's it would. That's probably work, true. Right?
2: And I guess you can always inch that price up a little bit over time. Laravel's not going anywhere, I don't think, so.
3: And I do, I do actually as an incentive to keep people up to date. Um I actually each time a new version comes out, I I do increase the price by about 20% of the old version. So okay. just as a little incentive to keep people up to date uh, and to save a few bucks, you can you can and, do that.
2: And just so uh, just for reference, like we're recording this in the first week of uh, September 2016. What would it cost somebody to go from Laravel, let's say five two to five three? What does that shift?
3: Nine dollars. Nine
2: dollars. Nine bucks. Nine dollars. That's like that's nothing.
0: And it and it'll literally it'll literally save you like three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not three, but it'll it'll save you an hour or two. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think I th- I need to say maybe maybe people are right and that it's it might be too cheap, but uh, but then if I remember, well, I
0: mean,
3: I guess if you bill, you know,
2: I was gonna say if I remember, I think you you do charge more like if they're going from like five to five, three, or if they're going from four, something to five and that kind of stuff, right? Like bigger, bigger
3: jumps are are more. Yeah. Currently each shift is kind of individually. Um, I'm I'm kind of toying with the idea of, well, if you want to go from five to five, three, here's your price kind of thing instead of making each one individual. But, uh, But yeah, I mean, if you bill for your development time, obviously, you know, as you should be, or even if you're just working on a personal project, I mean, your your time's worth something. And I'd like to think it's worth more than minimum wage in this case. (laughs) Right, for sure. um, So yeah, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Let me ask, because Eric, you mentioned something about a pull request. So what's,
2: walk me through, like uh, Jason, maybe walk me through, if I was going to do this, what happens? Am I putting in like GitHub credentials and you're logging into my account? Or do I grant you access to a repo and you do things there? Like, how does it, how does it work?
3: Yeah, so Shift is built um, with Laravel, of course, and I actually use the uh, Socialite package. Nice. So that makes integration with Bitbucket, um, GitHub, and I think I added GitLab. I don't know if GitLab's out of the box. Maybe Taylor can, can remind me of that. But uh, if not, I know it was part of like, the, one of the community add-ons. So anyways, uh, basically you sign in with that, authenticate, which allows me access to the repo that you want to use. You choose your Shift. You use um, Stripe. I use Stripe, too. Manage the uh, transaction, the payment. So that's, uh, it's about three steps and it goes off into a job queue. And normally within, I'd say, about 90 seconds, you should have a pull request. Wow.
2: And the pull request is, is that going to be like all updated code? Like you've updated the code and we just have to take the pull request and bam, we're done? Or is it like comments and, and like text files that say you should do this or you should do that? Like what does that pull request have?
3: Yeah. So the pull request has uh, several commits. Uh, I try to be really, um, you know, particular about breaking up the commits. So that way, if there's something that shift does automatically that maybe you don't like, um, or you, you know, want to change or add on, or maybe you realize it kind of did it wrong, which is, which is rare, but I do them nice and incrementally like that. So you can just revert them off if you want. So there'll be about maybe 10 commits in a shift, maybe a little more for some of the bigger shifts. Okay. And then anything that it can't do, or maybe you need to look at a little more, maybe I did an automation, but it's like, all the various ways you can write code. I don't really know exactly how you might have used this. So it'll make a comment on the pull request. So the whole shift is not only the automated code changes in commits, but it's also a series of comments on that pull request with, you know, nice little text box or uh, sorry, task formatting. Um, So you can kind of just run down and check them all off. Wow!
2: I thought, well, I think this is a done deal. I'm going to upgrade my project with it. (laughs) Just (laughs) as we get off this call. Nice. I think that almost wraps things up. Jason, do you have anything else you wanted to add?
3: Yeah, I'm just I'm excited to hit uh, the next big milestone. I've created a lot of milestones for Shift to kind of make it be more of a product uh, than kind of just this hobby. So uh, the next big milestone is 1,000 um, Laravel projects shifted. So I'm pretty close to that. I'm expecting that to happen probably this weekend. Nice. And when that happens, uh, the next big features, there's going to be a, a site redesign with some more Um, dashboard kind of account section so you're going to be able to manage your shifts a little better particularly things like being able to rerun a shift on demand which every now and then there's a reason for that maybe you forgot to put something in the repo or you shifted on the wrong branch or whatever so um, you're going to be able to do that now and also going to be looking into shifting Laravel packages which has been the biggest feature request uh, per shift so so that'll be the next big thing because a lot of times the early adopters, people that have gone to 5.3, one of the reasons they say that they don't finish the shift is not because shift did anything wrong, but because they found out one of their package dependencies hadn't already gone to 5.3 because yeah. they basically beat them by using shift. So, so now I won't give those people a reason anymore. Um, I'm going to shift packages as well. So here's a question. Do you, do you
2: foresee like I'm an end user that doesn't write any packages? Do you see me using your service to update the packages that I depend on? Or do you see the package like authors using the service to update their packages once and then everybody, you know, pulls from that?
3: Ideally, the authors will probably be the target. Um, but, you know, it could be something that if you really enjoy a package, you could obviously most packages are open source. Maybe sure. you could, uh, you know, fork it, make a branch, shift it and give it back to the author, you know, the okay. nice way to give back to them. Right. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. I ran into that whenever I was trying to upgrade right before the five point three release, and uh, there was there was like two packages I was using that was that was locked down on the illuminate uh, was eloquent five point two, and the way they set up composer, it would actually wouldn't even install five point three because you know it wouldn't meet the meet the minimum requirements. So uh, that would be really sweet um, to to take that out of to make that easier. Awesome, awesome. Well,
2: everybody, I want to thank you all for uh, joining, especially our, our two guests. Uh, really appreciate having you guys on and uh, look forward to all the new stuff that you guys are going to release, you know, in the future, as well as using all the stuff you've done already. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: And this concludes this episode of the Laravel News Podcast. If you like the show, please rate it five stars on iTunes. If you have feedback for the podcast, please email us at podcast at Laravel News.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Wonderlist. Wonderlist. To do, to do it for
0: life.
1: Wonderlist. To
2: do it for life. Wonderlist. To do it for life. Wonderlist. And I just want to comment that I think Wonderlist is just a fantastic, fantastic tool. Thank you.